0: okay welcome I'm, I'm nice and energized and pumped up now this is the socks podcast we are we are shaking the ropes and flipping out and cutting crazy nonsensical promos uh we're glad that you've joined us in case you have no idea what i'm talking about that uh cacophonous sound that we let in with is the uh entrance music that the ultimate warrior used to use so may he may he rest in peace um Although that. that's an undertaker line, but whatever. Anyways, we're glad you downloaded our uh, this episode, glad you could join us today. We're going to take a little spin around the system to uh, talk about how things are starting off um, for the Red Sox minor leaguers, and we're going to have a special focus on the Pawtucket Red Sox, who opened their season with seven straight home games, allowing a few of us to get down there to check out some baseball. So, uh, my name is Chris Hatfield, pleased you can join us today. I'm joined by... Uh, Two fellow members of the site. Uh, first off is our own Matt Heagle. Matt, hello.
1: Hey Chris, glad to be on again. Excited for this one.
0: Yes, this will be a good one as well as uh, currently on on this side of the pond. I still I believe is uh, our very own Ian Kundal. Ian, hello.
2: Hi Chris, hi Matt. How are you guys doing? You are you are here, right? Yes, I am. And that was. Uh... Something coming on in the background. Sorry about that. Yes, it was. I am. I am. Uh, I am here <laughs> for a few few more days. We have. We, we are professionals. We are. And then uh, that was my phone ringing. Sorry. And then back to uh, back to the across the pond. So mm-hmm. it's good to be back though, even though yeah. it's warmer in London than it is here. Yeah, it's been well, for the last like month. But.
0: Well, it's it's been nice the past few days. We can't yeah, really that's true. But we're we're talking about the weather on a podcast, so let's let's move on to slightly more interesting things. Uh, we want to thank you all for downloading. Make sure you're following us on Facebook. That's facebookcom uh, as well as on Twitter. The site account is at Socks Prospects, um, and mine. You can follow me at, at sp Chris Hatfield, H A T F I E L D. Matt, why don't you give him yours?
1: Uh, yeah, at Matt Hegel, S-P, it's M-A-T-T-H-U-E-G-E-L, S-P.
2: And Ian. At Ian kundal I-A-N-C-U-N-D-A-L-L. Beautiful.
0: And uh, for those of you who download us from iTunes, or even if you don't, um, we'd like to ask that you go on there and uh, rate and review us. It certainly helps out a lot, uh, gets, gets the message out to more people, uh, spreads the good word of Sox Prospects more the the better rating we have the more people who download, so we we appreciate rating and reviewing so if you could go ahead and do that, we'd appreciate it it takes about two seconds of your day. you literally go click a the fifth star hopefully uh on the list and and we're good and you're done and you go on with your day so at any rate uh we we'll, we'll we'll get this started then well uh, first off, of course we are now about a week and a half into the minor league season and uh Checking in on the four full-season affiliates. Uh, everybody is 6-3, and three except for Pawtucket, who's 5-5. Five and five. So everyone off to a pretty good start, more or less. Uh, perhaps the big team news was the Salem Red Sox, who had a winning streak going, including last year's games, uh, of 16 wins in a row. This is only regular season games. This doesn't even count their 5-0 uh, and oh playoff sweep to end last season. So if you included that it wound up would wind up being uh twenty one games in a row, um which uh equaled a sixty four year old Carolina league record, the nineteen fifty Winston Salem Cardinals. Um uh, not sure what system they were in, but uh, maybe maybe the Cardinals actually. Um but yeah they uh they equaled the sixty four year old league record um winning twelve to eleven in their home opener on April eighth. Uh, unfortunately, they lost the next night. Um, but I found this kind of interesting. I was curious. Well, if we're extending this across two seasons, how many common players are on those two rosters? Uh, and the answer is not many. Um, for for the hitters, there's basically uh, David Chester, um, Matty Johnson, and Carson Blair, who were who were active over that stretch. Um, Anuri Tavares was on. I think he was. He wasn't on the roster. No, he came up for the playoffs last year. So he technically wasn't there for the regular season last year. Um, And actually, Matt Gedman was active for some of the end of the regular season, and then he went on the DL in the playoffs um, as well. Um, And on the pitching side, uh, there's actually more guys. There's Luis Diaz, Brian Johnson, and William Cuevas in the rotation. And then out of the bullpen, uh, Madison Younginer. If you count Matthew Price, who's on the DL right now, um he was active last season and uh Kyle Stroop out of the bullpen was, was active last year. So uh yeah, not not much overlap between the squads that had that win streak going, but still kind of a neat little neat little stat. But
2: there's also did you see the starting pitcher for the uh opponent was on the game they lost?
0: Oh yeah, it was uh JB Wendelkin, right? Yep. Yeah, JB Wendelkin who of course was traded to the White Sox in the uh in the Jake Peavy trade last year. Um, he
2: he kills
1: the, uh, the Red Sox teams every time. I remember his first. Uh, he appearance. He did last la- year too, right? Yeah, last year his first appearance was like a three-inning scoreless save. I want to say against yeah. against Greenville.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now they uh, now they have moved him into the rotation, um, which is interesting. Not not completely surprising, uh, but an interesting move nonetheless. Um, but yeah, so what we wanted to do now was we'll each pick one player from. Uh, the The full season teams, not including Pawtucket because we 're going to focus more in depth on Pawtucket in a minute, but just wanted to highlight some of the top performances for for some of the minor leaguers we 'll each go around and pick one hitter and one pitcher and uh, just kind of talk a little bit about what they 've done so far uh, this this young season so um, let 's start start with the hitters uh, matt why don 't we start with you? Um, what hitter would would you like to highlight um, for the year so far?
1: Uh, I I guess I, I can go with um, Mookie so far. Um, since I I talked to him in spring and wrote wrote a little bit about him. True. Um,
0: yeah, everybody could catch that on news dot uh, Matt's he, Mookie bets piece.
1: Yeah, and I mean some of that was that um that he didn't hadn't played anywhere but second so far, and that's been the case in Portland. Um, and I know some people have been pining for him to get it shorter. Or some other versatility, but apparently they're waiting so far and we'll see how that develops. But at the plate, I mean, you know, you couldn't you can not really ask for anything else. Nope. He's he's actually above five hundred OBP right now. It seems like every single night he's been consistently right at uh five hundred OBP. It's like uh two for four almost every night, it seems like I look at the box score. Um so he's I mean he's batting four sixty nine, um, has a homer powers there, uh three stolen bases, um one caught stealing, so I mean,
0: four walks th- to three strikeouts. Right, also yeah. Great. So
1: there's just nothing really to comp- complain about there. It's, I mean, you know, the the big transition to double A is is a lot of times considered a, a jumping point where you really, you know, see where they're about. And one one thing that was sort of holding him back was, uh, you know, seeing how he would t- take that jump and and uh, seeing if he could repeat last year. And so far, it's been, you know, he's been done it with uh, flying colors. So. Mm. You know, really impressive so far, um, and you know, obviously consistency will be a big key for him, as it is with most prospects. But uh, we'll we'll see if he can keep this up, and if so, he's probably gonna um, sort of vault into uh, top top tier of of prospects in the system.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe if he's not the already there, maybe yeah. across the game. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, I, I'm looking at his game log right now. He has had one game in which he did not get on base at least twice. Wow, um, which is kind of absurd. They've played. I mean, granted, they've only played eight games, but. Um, he's been on base in every game um but he has had he's had uh the only game he went hitless he walked twice um and of the two games he only had one hit he walked once in one of them um, it, it's it's incredible uh what he's done so far he's he's had extra base hits in 5 of his 8 games uh, he's got four doubles on the year he's he's as hot as anybody in the system he was our player of the week for for the first week of the season that that abbreviated 4-day week and uh, he might win again this week. To be perfectly honest,
1: yeah, it hasn't slowed down.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ian, how about you? Who would you like to uh, to highlight?
2: I think I'll make it easy. I'll stick with his uh, Portland teammate and middle infield compadre, Devin Barrera. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing with Barrera that stood out is uh, he's showing some pop, which is something he didn't really do last season when well, he was with
0: relative pop. It's not home run pop yet. Yeah, it's, but
2: it, but that but I mean he doesn't project it's doubles that, pop, yeah, which is better than last season still. Though, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just um, he's one I'm interested to see when he get up to Portland. But it's a good sign that maybe he's driving the ball a little better than last year when it was more just weak contact singles and um so yeah that's an encouraging sign though he is uh swing and miss he's got some swing and miss uh, a little bit he's up to nine strikeouts already so So somewhat just interesting see if it a trend continues for the season
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah looking at his strikeouts actually um yeah of the nine strikeouts only one is looking so it's it's definitely swing and miss so far but um honestly if that's going to lead to more power are you okay with that it's, yeah, whether it's sustainable is another question.
2: But. Yeah, I, I mean he could use if if he's hitting an empty average, it really puts a lot more pressure on the defense, which is good. But if he shows a little bit of pop, then um, he'll add a lot more value. Obviously,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, the slash line right now is a three fifty five average, three ninety four on base, and a five sixteen slugging. And as you alluded to Ian, that five sixteen slugging is what jumps out at you. Um, he has two stolen bases and hasn't been caught yet. Uh five doubles in, in thirty one at bats. Uh he's had a hit in all seven games he's played. Um he's doubled in four of the seven games in which he's played. He's uh he's off to a very good start. So yeah, that's that's very encouraging uh to see out of Morero. Uh who we know who we all know is you know could pick it. So definitely encouraging. Uh the for for me, the player that I wanted to highlight is uh you know, we'll we'll get away from Portland for a second. Uh, outfielder Manuel Margot, who, you know, coming into this year, we I, I think in the outfielder system restart, Ian, you'll have to remind me. Did we mention the power for him this year being something to keep an eye on? I
2: think we uh, did. Yeah, I'll let me look.
0: Well, at any I, rate. I think we did. Yeah, at any rate, uh, Margot is starting in center field for Greenville, and um, he's hitting two ninety uh, two ninety average with a three thirty three on base, but... Uh, He's hit three home runs already this season. To put it in context, with uh, Lowell last year, Margot had 185 at-bats, and his only home run was an inside-the-park home run, where he was leveraging his speed more than his power. Um, He had four home runs in the Dominican Summer League the year before, which, um, honestly, I don't even want to speculate whether those had to do with whether they went over the fence or what – Honestly, stats from that league can be, excuse me, a little hit or miss. But uh, to see this kind of power surge, back on April 9th, he hit two of his home runs, uh, both of them to left field, uh, both of them legit. Of the three home runs, I've heard that two of them were absolute bombs, whereas one was just, you know, kind of legit, but um, not the shot that the other two were. Um, So that's really good to see out of him. That said, he has two walks on the year, and both of them came in the same game. On april 10th um he's also only struck out three times so he you know whether the the power surge is sustainable for him or not yet is going to be something to keep an eye on um his average on balls in play right now believe it or not is only 240 <laughs> which i was not expecting that which is why the lead-in may not have made much made much sense but uh, it, it's been very encouraging to see pop out of a guy like that, who kind of like Marrero, known for his defense and his speed rather than his pop. So uh, if 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 Margot can keep this up, he will certainly leap into the top 10. Um, never mind the fact that he will probably get there naturally anyway with Xander Bogarts and Jackie Bradley due to graduate at some point soon. Um, for those wondering, Brandon Workman... Uh, came within two innings of graduating, i think or four innings of graduating uh, before he was sent down so he will stay on the rankings for a little while while he is in Pawtucket but um let's switch to the pitching side now actually and we'll we'll go with you guys in reverse order uh ian what uh, what pitcher did you want to highlight so far for his start to the year?
2: I figured I'd go with uh, someone who actually had a really bad year last year um, but has shown some encouraging signs these first couple of starts, and that's Pat Light down in Greenville. Obviously, he's old for the level, and um, he's probably, if he can use pitch like they're not going to be there for much longer. But it's a good sign to see that he's back missing bats and uh, just keeping the ball on the ground. Um, because that's you know those are the things that he just wasn't doing last year, and uh, his control. He also has zero walks in twelve innings compared to last year when he really struggled through strikes. So that's all encouraging, and um, hopefully uh, he can continue this on this year. And uh, yeah, he could probably be part of that chain promotion that uh, some, in the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, if he but, keeps pitching like this, he's he's in Salem in early May. Um, two starts so far. He went six innings in both and got the win in both. Um, the first one, he gave up four hits, one run, no walks, 10 Ks. Uh, the second one against Canaple, Both of these are against the same team, Kannapolis. Um Six innings, five hits, two runs, five strikeouts. Um, what a slacker. He only struck out five guys. Um, and his ground ball to fly ball ratio is also very good using our stats page. He's at a 2.67 ground ball to fly ball ratio. And that's ground balls to fly balls, not ground outs to fly outs. I, I tend to find our number a little bit more useful than the one you'll find on MILB.com stats. Um, and he's uh, second on the team to Jacob Dahlstrand, who's only thrown seven innings and um, is kind of in a similar boat where he probably should be um, if he keeps pitching like this fast-tracked to Salem because he's a little old for the level. But, um, yeah, encouraging signs out of Pat Light. Um, definitely not who I thought you were going to pick. That's kind of why I was throwing to you first. But, hey, Um Matt, who did you want to highlight, I have a feeling, who you're going to go with?
1: Yeah, well, I was going to go with Corey Luttrell, which oh, I said... You guys are leaving
0: me the easy one. I appreciate it. Anyways, oh. <laughs> Corey Luttrell. We're trying let's to
2: keep it you know, him, synchronized. Let's Green talk Bill, about him.
1: Well, he, he was the guy I was trying to say beforehand when I was on mute. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Just, Just for, for those wondering,
0: guys. we we were talking about some guys to talk about on the podcast before going on, and apparently Matt was on mute and was trying to mention Corey Latrell for about five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know why, why no one was uh, picking up on it. I thought it wasn't a good suggestion. but <laughs> We were messing
0: um, with you the way that – sorry, quick tangent. Yeah, um, frank the Cor- way I know what You know what I'm going to talk about. Exactly, yeah. Um, Saw it this morning. Jeff Francoeur, is with AAA – in AAA with uh, the Padres in Tucson right now. Um, there's video on the web. I tweeted it earlier. You could find it on my Twitter or just search Jeff frank deaf Def Teammate. Um yeah. basically his teammates convinced him for a month that his teammate was deaf. Um <laughs> some of the coaches are like
1: yeah I, I one don't know being what Mike thought. Cather by the way. Former former <laughs> Yeah, yeah Mike coach. Cather, I noticed that. It was like I don't know what they thought when we were out on a mound visit with the glove over our mouths but uh <laughs> somehow he <we> didn't realize. <laughs> um
0: but yeah, it's outstanding. Uh everybody's Even if you need to put this podcast on pause and go listen to it. Um I'll I'll understand. But anyways, Corey Latrell.
1: Yeah, all right. Um so anyway, yeah, he um he he pitched in Lowell last year, so he's making the jump up to Salem, um, skipping over Greenville. And I mean he was he was pretty good at uh Lowell last year, but of course it's a college arm, so it's more just making the transition to uh to uh, professional schedule ske- yeah, professional schedule at that point. Mm-hmm. So I mean so far he's jumped out to uh to a fast start through two starts. He's uh has fifteen strikeouts in ten and two thirds innings um with a 1.69 e r a and uh five walks as well but um you know overall it's it's been real encouraging for for moving up to uh two levels and uh and uh, kind of what you want to see out of a new draft yeah i think uh i i don't know i'm pretty excited to see what he can do going forward i guess
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's two starts the first one he went four and two thirds i'm gonna assume he came out because of pitch count because he only gave up three hits and three walks and struck out eight in the fourth. Yeah, I'm sure just his first start of the year. Gotta be still... a, yeah, that's got to be a pitch count thing. Um, the second start, he did go six innings, gave up six hits, two runs, two walks, seven Ks. Um, both were against Myrtle Beach, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the, that's the Texas affiliate, right? Um, so that's the team with guys like Joey yes, Gallo. It, yes, and it is. Lewis, uh, it, I don't know if
2: Brinson's up now, there. No, Brinson's th- down in uh, Hickory. Yeah, oh,
0: he, he, I think he's he hurt. I don't know. Alfaro's there. George Alfaro, Jorge Alfaro, um, is there. The catcher. Um,
2: Nick Williams is there. Nick uh, Williams. Yeah. It's it's a good lineup.
0: That granted has a bit of swing and miss to it, but still, um, not. He hasn't given up a home run <laughs> to the to that team in the in the ten and two thirds. So that's.
2: It's an expensive uh, lineup, also.
0: Yes, it is a very expensive lineup. Not unlike the Salem infield last year.
2: I bet you that lineup might cost more than the entire Marlins lineup if you take out Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Uh, I think it, it might.
0: I don't agree, but we'll I see. don't know, man. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, if, maybe if some if someone listening wants to go ahead and look that up, um, the Myrtle Beach lineup versus the uh, entire Marlins lineup except for Stanton. Um, oh, it won't
2: work. Saltillo Machu makes a lot of money, but oh, that's right too. Yeah. It, yeah if you take and are, are you out, counting
0: yeah. like Yelich, Yelich's bonus?
2: No, just his major league minimum major salary. League salary, okay. Because if work, you're
0: going by salary, these guys don't make jack. Well, no, I was going to do their bonuses versus. That's the why salary, there's a lawsuit, but... which I apparently was corrected on in the forum the other day.
2: But... but yeah, anyway, the the point is, it's it's an expensive team. It is.
0: It is it's very expensive of,
2: team. It's trying to be funny, but whatever. <laughs>
0: well, no, but it's a, no, it's funny, but it's an interesting conversation. That's the thing. You see, you see what I'm saying? All right. Anyway, yeah. the pitcher I'll go with is the easy one that I was I was literally soft, giving you guys a softball. Um, and not mentioning him yet, but Henry Owens is doing Henry Owens things so far this year. Um, In two starts, he has given up, let's see, six hits in 12 and two-thirds, two walks, 18 strikeouts. Um, There's, at this point, no doubt in my mind that he is the top non... He's a top prospect in the minor leagues for the Red Sox right now um, because Jackie Bradley and Xander Bogarts are both in Boston and not coming down anytime soon. Um, in his first start, Owens had a six-inning no-hitter, um, range shortened. He uh, obviously didn't give up a hit, gave up two walks, struck out nine.
2: <laughs> he didn't give up a hit in the no-hitter. In the
0: no-hitter, no, he didn't, believe it or not. Um, in the second start, he uh, went six and two-thirds, which the club, the fact that he went that deep into the game, uh, he must have been, uh, I, I don't feel like checking the pitch count right now, to be honest. It's kind of a waste of time. But It was under to,
2: 90. It was like 84 or been. something.
0: Yeah, um, because the, the, you don't see pitchers this early in the year going that deep into the games in this in this system, um, even just for the simple fact that they want to get the relief pitchers innings. Um, if it's you know, so, if it were a lesser prospect, they probably would have just pulled him after six. But um, in the second start, six and two thirds, six hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. Um, he's good. He's very good. Uh, <laughs> I can't even figure out things to nitpick at this point. Um. apparently all six hits have come against right-handers, which shouldn't be surprising but um, he's also got 15 strikeouts against right-handers, so it's not that they hit him well Um. Uh, quick question uh, not to feed the monster a little bit here, but at what point do you have to move him up to Pawtucket if he keeps this up, which the caveat being he has to keep this up this level of dominance, but is there a point where you just have to move them up? I mean will there even be room? <laughs> I think
2: the easier answer is there's no need to rush in. And, yeah. But the other thing is there's no room. I mean, yeah, just, when Matt Barnes ha- they, comes they back
0: there, there will literally be no room in the rotation.
2: Yeah, they're gonna have five like of the top whatever fifteen prospects on the site if you include like postgraduates where they would be um in that rotation. So there's much yeah, there's not gonna be room.
0: No, no, there won't. It's it's so before we get that question, we'll we'll head that one off at the pass. I I just I but that would have been a great transition too. What's what's that? That
2: would have been a great transition, but yeah.
0: Oh, into the emails, yes. Um, oh no, I was talking
2: about it into the particular, particular uh, well we're doing emails but, next? Yeah, we'll do emails next. That's fine.
0: But um, yeah, I I just yeah, they, there has to be a spot first. Maybe if they were to move Ruby De La Rosa to the bullpen, which I can't see them doing yet, no. with the way he's pitching, as we'll talk about in a minute. Um.
1: Uh, well, I, I don't. I, I was just gonna say. I think there's plenty you can learn at I Double I, I It's sort of an obsession with moving guys up, but mm-hmm. you can still learn a lot even while you're doing really well. And um, you know, I think those hitters aren't that far off from Triple A or even Major League hitters. So, I mean, there's obvious obvious at some point it, you're gonna have to move him, but um, I think he's still gonna learn plenty even while even if he's still
2: dominating.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you that he's got plenty to learn. Um,
2: I'll disagree on yeah. the hitters though. Because at AAA, yeah, you I mean, get the great guys great who great are, team. like, big league, you know. You got the guys, who, like, for example, sure, who was earlier sure. Jeff Rancor, who was a 10-year big leaguer in AAA. Or last year, or last week, when we saw Pataki, we saw, like, Reid Brignac. There were, like, four or five ex-major leaguers in a team. So you don't get those kind of guys usually at A.
0: Yeah, the only guys who hit Ruby De La Rosa in the start we both saw were Brignac and um, who was the other major leaguer. The, well, the two hits in his five innings were both from former major leaguers.
2: So. Oh, Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, great stuff out of Henry Owens. So that's a quick check in on the system. Uh, moving along, we have a few emails from you guys. We only got time for a couple, but as always, if you want to send us emails, send them over to podcast at socksprospects dot com. Um, I went ahead and changed the password so we don't have to worry about any Heartbleed leaks in the Sox Prospects podcast email account. Um, by the way, quick PSA: Everybody change all of your passwords. The internet is a leaky sieve.
2: I thought it was just certain websites.
0: Yeah, uh, just change all of them.
2: <laughs> That's so much effort. I know. <laughs> see, well, with me,
0: okay, if they're, if if you're like Ian and all your pro, pro, all your passwords are different, go ahead and only change the ones you need to. But I I reuse mine. Oh, I, don't. I know you're not yeah. supposed to, but I don't anymore. Anyway, tangent. Um, getting to the emails, we'll uh, I got a couple for today. First off. From our good friend Will Noyes over abroad, serving his country in the U.S. Army. Uh, as usual, thank you, sir. Uh, he says, Chris, intuitively, tandem starters seems like a perfect way to maximize the potential of developing starting pitching. Is this an industry standard practice, and at what level does the practical use fall below the median usefulness? My guess is full season A ball would be the highest level, but could it be pushed to double A? Um, On the beer side, I can't remember if I asked you this, but have you tried Spencer Trappist Ale yet? Uh, And then a bunch of other stuff. Uh, On my side of the pond, I feel lucky enough to be rocking some Lederhosen and heading to Munich this weekend for Stark Bierfest Doppelbach. Um, So I just wanted to mention that we'll Don's Lederhosen sometimes. Um, But no, uh, yeah, quick PSA, Spencer Trappist Ale. For those of you in Massachusetts who are so inclined, try it. It's delicious. Um, I have tried it, Will. It's lovely um melts in your mouth. Uh but yeah, as for tandem starters, um the highest level we've seen them do that is high A, as far as I can remember. Um I know they've had like pseudo piggyback guys in double A, but that was only more when like for example when Matt Barnes last year couldn't get out of the fourth inning, they had Keith Couch following him and throwing longer outings. But um It's kind of funny, I actually had a conversation with a a Red Sox um, front office person um, within the past year, and he said that uh, they actually, they don't necessarily acquire players with an eye to having a piggyback system, it's more that they have, you know, eight guys they want getting starter pitcher, starting pitcher innings in, say, Greenville, and therefore the way to do that is to piggyback. Um, rather than have, you know, an eight-man rotation. Um, As of right now, there's um, piggyback situations at both Salem and Greenville. I should mention uh, piggyback starters basically is when um, you have your five starting pitchers who are on a rotation, but you also have certain relievers that are on an every five-day schedule, or perhaps they piggyback a certain pitcher in the rotation. I've seen them do it both ways, where... They know they're coming in on a certain day. They know they're coming in and say, the sixth inning. And they're going to pitch three or four innings, uh, no matter what, uh, so that they get their innings in. Uh, So right now in Salem, um, Kyle Martin and Simon Mercedes are both piggyback starters. Um, Justin Haley, through the first trip through the rotation, piggybacked because they had an off day the first week of the season, which is probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Um, But they wanted to keep guys you know on a five-day schedule so he piggybacked um in greenville there's three so you have the rotation and then uh jacob dahlstrand sergio gomez and miles smith um have all been piggybacking um there so um as far as industry standard i know a lot has been made of the astros um the astros i think do this throughout the system i have to i should have looked it up um but I believe they do it all the way up, um, where and they do it even more um, rigidly. I think they go, we have eight guys at a level who are starters. You will throw no more than four innings in your start, so the next guy can go four innings or something like that. Um, it's, it's much more rigid. They do it a lot differently than the Red Sox do it. Um, I don't know. Have you guys heard of any other levels where they do that?
2: Anyone. Uh, I mean, you see the a lot of mole at the uh, in the Penn league. You'll see because teams they don't usually the starters aren't going five innings. They're usually going you know three or four innings, especially the recent draftees, and then they'll bring in another one going three or four innings. Oh, um, but I mean, I'm sure there are other teams that do it. I just yeah, have, don't see enough of the low A high A games to get a good feel for it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Looking this up real quick um, on the Houston Chronicle. Last year the the Astros. Um, as part of their rebuild, they they were doing tandem piggyback starting rotation at all levels of the minor league system. Uh, and then they went through and talked about all of them. Like they had, you know, uh, Jeff Lunau was saying they had nine starters in AAA, uh, for example. Um,
1: yeah, I was looking it up too. It says it never, it's never been done at the AAA or AA levels as far as he knows that from Jeff Lunau too. Um um and uh i i remember um one of their top guys Fulton newicks i i think i think that's <laughs> However how you the hell you pronounce it? Exactly. He yeah, he um he's been doing it as well so he so he's coming in at, 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 in a relief role basically as a piggyback starter. So it's not just uh like they make their top guys starters and slightly <laughs> less, the slightly less Red Sox too Right. And and most teams i'm assuming make mm-hmm. the lesser guys who are more likely to be in the bullpen at some point. Um, as the piggyback guys, so they they want to get all guys' experience as coming out of the bullpen as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although the one the one probably caveat to what I just said about the Red Sox putting the better guys in the rotation, um, when you look at a guy like Miles Smith, um, he's probably piggybacking more because he they've completely revamped his mechanics um, rather than yeah it's
1: de- it, yeah sorry I, I was just gonna say it's definitely not a rule but um, yeah. For, like, the top, top guys, usually. Oh, sure. No, I mean, I
0: agreed with you. Um, Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, typically that's how it works. So.
1: You didn't ever see Matt Barnes or Renato or something in in a piggyback role?
0: No. The only time when you see, if you ever look at stats for guys like that, this is another thing I was thinking about today. If you see stats for a guy like that, like a Renato or a Barnes or something, and they have a relief appearance, it's because a situation like, for example, um, when Jeff, uh, sorry, wow, Jeff, Craig Breslow, was rehabbing with Pawtucket. He started a game, Mm, and by starting, it was he went in for his inning to start, and then Chris Hernandez followed him. So it goes in the books as a relief appearance for Hernandez. And, like, you know, if some writer writes about Hernandez next year, they'll say he came out of the bullpen in that appearance. But he was really starting. It's just he started with the second. So.
1: Sometimes they do it to mix it up, like with Drake Britton a couple of years ago. Uh, they put him in the, I think it was more of a piggyback role out of the bullpen for, was it either one or two starts? Just, and it sort of, I think it got, yeah, that's got him right. going.
0: Yes, yes, because I remember you, you referenced that somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah,
1: I think it was, uh, I wrote about him for the new stars for young stars.
0: So. Yes, 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 yes. Because
1: yes, so. it was his first true uh, relief appearance when he came out of the bullpen for Boston. Right. Right. That's no, what it was. Absolutely okay. no experience.
0: Perfect. Yeah. No. Then no, no. So yeah. So don't believe everything that you read. Basically, um, being the moral of the story. But um, thanks for the email, Will. As always. Um, moving along to our second email, and this will be the last one for today. This is from Vargs Thirty One, who did not sign it, um, and Vargs says, first, I want to thank you guys for the podcast. You're welcome." I discovered them about a month ago and have listened to most of them. I'm sorry. I'm a police officer in Michigan and I work nights. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I like to listen to them when I get home to calm my mind and help get to sleep. Uh, sorry, we put you to sleep. Uh, not to say they put me to sleep. Oh, okay. Good. I'm um, a longtime Red Sox fan. I used to go watch spring training in Winter Haven One year, I was lucky enough to get Ted Williams to autograph a ball for me. So Vargs clearly is um, a young sprite new to the force. Um, stuff about New Hampshire. He it Also, he. I won't read all of it, but he gave props to Charlottesville and said, comparing... You're going to like this. I'm actually going to read this. He lives in Michigan, and he said the following, Ian, and I want your response to this. Um, I have also been to Charlottesville, Virginia, and I can assure you that Ann Arbor has nothing on it. It would be like comparing David Ortiz to Jason Place. Your thoughts, Yeah, you?
2: yeah okay. Let's... I'm just not even, it doesn't dignify the fire response because it's not even a question.
0: Really? It's University ridiculous. of Michigan grad Ian Cundall Rid-
2: Ridiculous.
0: You sure? You sure it's ridiculous?
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know about that. Love Charlottesville. I like Vargs already. Vargs, you're my boy.
2: Um, I'm not even going to, I'm going on mute for the rest of this email. After that, I'm going on <laughs> protest. That's a ridiculous statement. Talk to me when we change this topic.
0: Okay. Fair enough. And there goes Ian. Um, anyways, all right, so his question. My question is, what do the Sox look for to draft hitters? I know for pitchers, they currently want tall, want tall bodies with lesser-used arms, but do they have a similar type of criteria they looked for in drafting for hitters? Thanks again for doing the podcast. Um, thanks for the question, Vargs. Um, uh, I, I'm not aware of any... So what he's referring to is that the Red Sox have had a tendency to draft taller pitchers, and they've had tendencies in the past to draft pitchers who have do not have a lot of mileage on their arms have not pitched for very long using, for example, miles Smith is an example. He did not start pitching full time until he was in college. Um, Not
1: a bigger body though.
0: Not a bigger body. No, he is not (laughs) tall. Um, I can't think of any for hitters. Can you?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say there's anything that obvious, but I sort of think like athleticism and guys who mm. can fill a lot of different boxes are, are yeah. the, mo- the more things they can do well, sort of the better. True. Um, like guys who are good game. fielders and.
0: Yeah, uh, I was going to joke all field, no hit shortstop. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> sort of fits in there. Athletic shortstops uh, who can't necessar- don't necessarily have the hit tool.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. I would be surprised if they were to use a high draft pick on a Dominic Smith type. A, right, a yeah. guy who's already a first baseman and, you know, isn't going to move to a you know higher position on the defensive spectrum and the bat has to carry him. Um, even the questionable defensive guys have been guys that, like, they were moving off of shortstop to third base. Or the Chiqui. question was whether or not they would – well, not – yeah, I guess him. But, you know, I mean, he could hit. I mean, he it's not that he's a bad fielder. Um, hmm. But then you think of, like, say, a Ryan Levarnway, who the question was whether or not he would stay at catcher, not, you know, whether or not the bat would play at first. You know, it, uh, it, it, I would be very surprised if they ever used a top pick on a guy who couldn't field. Um, so they they look for a complete package, I think, is most likely. Part of the problem is that we don't know what they look for because they don't draft hitters anymore. <laughs> They just draft pitchers. Um,
1: Yeah, true. Last two years, especially.
0: Gosh, they've been going so pitcher heavy. But then, even when you look at the international signings, you know, Wendell Rijo was a guy that could, you know, could pick it at second base. Um, Rafael Devers is a guy who, depending on the body type, maybe could stay at third. It depends on whether he grows out of the position. But he's just so young. Um, At least there's a
1: chance. It's not yeah. like he he. It's not like he's bad defensively. He just might outgrow it, probably.
0: Right, right. Um, and then maybe as far as plate approach, is there anything? I, uh, I mean, you know, they don't they don't draft a lot of you know hackers that are gonna go. You know, they're not necessarily drafting the Joey Gallo, Lewis Brinson guys that are gonna go in there and strike out a ton. Um, but then again, they're also not drafting guys. So who knows? <laughs> maybe they would draft that type of guy if they drafted him. So. Yeah, I, I guess that's what we've got as far as an answer, uh, Vargs. Um thanks for the question. It's a good question. Um just maybe not with quite as obvious an answer for stereotypes that they go for. Oh, former team USA guys is another one. Right. That they that they go after. Former team they like former team USA guys. They're they're, they're well. patriotic. They are. They are. They love their country, darn it. Um But yeah. Yeah. So but thank you for the question. Appreciate it. Uh, and that's it for the emails. So now, uh, Ian, if you want to come back, you can come back now, if you want to come back out of your corner and and rejoin us. Um, we're going to talk about Pawtucket and what we saw there real quick, and then we'll uh, put a nice little bow on this. Uh, last week, between the between us, we were all able to get to – I guess there were four games that we got to. We, we overlapped a bit. Um, I got to one game. Matt, you just got to the season opener, correct?
1: Yeah, it was also a media day, not that – Oh, Media Day.
0: No, that counts. That counts. Yeah. You got to see them all line up and <laughs> I'll uh, throw it in there. doff their caps. The weird thing with Media Day, if I could just mention this in Pawtucket this year, was that I felt, it, it, not just you, There were a lot of guys there took photos of Media Day with their cameras. I don't know. Did they like tell you guys to do that? Because I noticed, I think Brandon McGare did it as well from the Pawtucket Times. Maybe one of the Projo uh, guys. No,
1: I don't know. There's a lot of cameramen around too. So.
0: Yeah. But it was just yeah. funny, I noticed you know the tweeting of photos from Media Day, which is not something you typically see.
1: <laughs> there was uh one point Brock Holt interviewing teammates including Hassan, and that was that was pretty hilarious
0: yeah Brock Holt – we can mention the tweet that we were talking about before the the podcast um when he got Brock Holt was called out for the to the majors for all of one day and when he got sent back down. I think he tweeted uh, – I, I can look this up while you guys go, but subject to the effect of at least I don't have to worry about the food in my refrigerator going bad. Um, he's hilarious. Uh, we need to. We, I need to find a way to do something uh, maybe a little more in-depth with him. He seems like he'd be a good interview. Um, well, that was fun. At least my groceries won't go bad now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, one Was it one game in majors? One game in the majors.
0: One game, yes. Yes. He was up on the eighth and down in the ninth. Um But yeah, so let's talk
2: about what we saw.
0: Um Ian and of course Ian was at four games uh with Chaz for all of them, Ian, or no?
2: No, I went to five I've been to five games also.
0: Oh wow, um, I'm sorry.
2: I've seen yeah, sorry. I just I saw Renato on Wednesday. But uh, I, didn't oh, t- okay. I didn't I didn't tweet about it because I didn't have my phone.
0: Fair enough. Um, but yeah,
2: Chaz, uh, who will have an article coming out this week. I was supposed to post last week, but I forgot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, on uh, some well, there was drama. Things, so. Yeah, there
0: was drama last week. For the I, 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 almost broke my hand again. For anyone who cares, um, which kind of things almost got messed up. But I powered through. Darn it. Um, yeah, last week was a bad week. <laughs> but we're moving on. Uh, yeah. So you were at five games. Uh, you saw. Yes. Let, let's let's start with. I guess from the beginning, we'll go with the pitchers and then we'll move on to some hitters. Uh, Of course, Ian, so we don't have a scouting scratch that's up from those yet, but like you mentioned, Chaz Fiorino, our new scout, um, who I made a complete uh, arse of myself, not realizing that he was Chaz from our site. after After three innings, I asked him, so what team do you work for? thinking he was just a scout and then he's looked at me incredulously and goes you guys (laughs) like (laughs) was like oh Chaz, crap okay um more of the story kids pay attention when you're introduced to someone to what their name is because you may know them um
1: it's an easy name to to stand out too
0: yeah yeah i just clearly was not paying attention when when ian introduced me um (laughs) But we'll start, uh, Alan Webster is a player that both of you guys saw in his first start, which was not so great. And then, uh, Ian, did you see the second start?
2: I did. Webster? Okay. I did.
0: Um, let's go, well, Matt, what did you see in the first start really quick? And then, uh, Ian, what, uh, what turned around in the second start? So we'll start with you, Matt.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, it was, it was sort of, um, I don't, I, I kinda of wanna say more of the same from last year. I mean, um it wasn't you know, it wasn't bad, but um it wasn't like a complete blow up, but um he had a lot of inconsistency, a lot of uh balls, which is, you know, what you didn't want to see coming in. And uh it, the stuff was there though, you know, I think he hit maybe ninety seven, definitely ninety six, um, on the gun. And uh and overall just uh inconsistency, the same thing as last year. But um
0: Yeah, it was uh, eighty one pitches, forty six strikes. He right, somehow exactly. only walked two people, but he gave up seven hits. So it was yeah. a lack of command versus a lack of control, would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that. And uh some of I was gonna say on those hits too, I think I wrote this, but some of them were a little softer hit. I remember I think there was a broken bat double at one point. Um but you know, it wasn't it definitely wasn't his best outing and he labored overall. And I was gonna, also the Manager uh, Bowles, Kevin Bowles, afterwards made a point that he thought it was a particularly selective lineup, and that um, he like he wanted to give a lot of credit to the hitters um, in that in that instance because they're really taking him into deep counts, which is what Webster struggles with. So I, I don't know if they had a good scouting report or just generally selective hitters, but um, yeah,
0: 81 pitches he only faced uh, 18 batters. Um, by comparison, Buchanan from Lehigh Valley. Went uh, six innings on 89 pitches and faced 21 batters. So, um, yeah, those deep counts will get you every time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's all I got.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ian, uh, you want to talk a little bit of how... So in the first outing, Webster went three and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Definitely turned things around in the second outing uh, where he went six innings... Uh, Three hits, no runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Used 83 pitches over the six innings as opposed to three and two-thirds through 54 strikes. What did you see that was different in the second outing? Uh,
2: There were a couple things. First, he was getting ahead of hitters. Uh, He threw first-pitch strikes to 16 of 22 batters, Um, so that was a good sign. Um, And the other thing is his just command. He was working down in the zone. I think he had 10 ground ball outs versus two other outs in that outing. So his sinker was working down and he was just pounding down in the zone and a lot of weak contact, weak ground balls to the infield. Um, He also, uh, his fastball was actually, um, he didn't throw, he wasn't as hard in the first inning as his last outing. but he seemed to pace himself better because in the first outing Matt talks about, his velo was down to like 91, 92 by his fourth inning of work versus in this one, even in the sixth inning, he was still sitting 94, 95 or 93, 95. Um, so that was a good sign. Um, the other thing that I noticed was – so apparently Webster's working on a, his curveball is uh, something he's focusing on working on this year. And um, he was kind of in between a slider and a curveball in this outing and it was kind of strange. We were having – Having some fun trying to figure out with the guys behind the plate, um, whether he was throwing his curveball slider because they basically look the exact same now. Um, last year he threw this, you know, the show me curve at like 73, 74 miles an hour, but now he's trying to tighten it up apparently. And he was throwing it like 80 to 82, whereas his slider was more like 86, 87. He also threw a couple, though, at like 75, so it was just a mess trying to figure out what kind of pitch it was. But um, And that's, that's an
0: awful it, angle to discern what pitches are in Pawtucket.
2: It's disgusting. It's, it's a horrible It's the play. one
0: thing that I hate about McCoy. McCoy's a great park, but,
2: yeah. just sc- Scouting, if, for those of you who haven't been there, um, the seats are all elevated behind home plate, so you're looking down on the, basically on the catcher and the batter, and it's just really hard to get a good sight line because you can't really see break at all because you're above them. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of interesting and something I'm going to be looking forward to s- looking to see next time to see if there's more of like a separation between a slider and his curveball, if it's more just kind of morphs into one pitch. Um, but yeah, that, I think just the big thing was that he was throwing strikes. He was throwing all his pitches for strikes. Um, he was throwing his ch- first, first pitch changeups, first pitch sliders. Didn't matter. He just had it working. Um, and the other big thing was, uh, his ability to command the inner half in the first start. He just couldn't locate on the inner half, especially to righties. Um, versus this time he was having a lot more success doing that and obviously um, when you have, you get the kind of movement he does and if you can locate it inside on the hands, that's a really tough pitch to hit and that will lead to success so that was a good sign overall it was just a very, it was an encouraging start especially after the first one but again, we've kind of seen this before with him Right. it's it's just inconsistent from start to start you know, some days he has it, some days he doesn't so, and
1: and and I mean, speaking of that, he he actually he started today while we're talking, um, on a sun on a Sunday, and he just finished up. He went five innings, three earned runs, four walks, one strikeout, three hits. So, um, I saw actually early on in the start he had given up no runs, but he had three walks in like three innings, so or maybe two innings. So, he sort of gave up all the runs in one inning, but um, the walks are again seem to be a problem.
0: So, interesting.
1: Not exactly. Not not. Continue on that encouraging, uh, from not continuing from last encouraging start at least,
0: mm-hmm. but not bad either, I guess. Right, right, <clears throat> interesting. Um, all right, let's just move down the rotation. Um, have you seen Renato yet, Ian? I think you just yeah, did, you yes. say, okay. What did you see out of Renato? I think that was his second start, correct, on the night? Uh,
2: yes, um, he, uh, I mean, he he had some struggles, um, but he really settled down after, I think it was he gave up all six runs in the first three innings and then still ended up going six. The
0: line was five and two-thirds. All the runs came in the first three innings. Uh, Five and two-thirds, seven hits, five runs, four earned, one walk, four strikeouts, uh, allowed one home run. Um,
2: Yeah, a couple things. First off, it was the weather. I mean, it was during the day, but it was cold and it was windy and uh, it wasn't very pleasant. We'll just say that. Um so it seemed like he had a lot of trouble. He just didn't seem to have a lot of feel for his pitches. Um he was fighting it on the mound. Um the other thing was it was a noon start, which really if you're the starting pitcher, that really screws up your rotate your um uh, your kind of what you're used to, um your daily routine. That Nood's, was the word I was like. Oh, for. that was
0: the ninth. Uh, so that would have been what day it, was that? That it was a noon start Wednesday?
2: Yeah, it was a getaway day. They were going to like Buffalo. Uh, all right. Yep. But um, it was a noon start, and you know, as a starter, they're used to starting at seven, obviously, and having the whole day to build up to it. So this one is it really it shortens your pregame routine because obviously you're not going to get to the park at like five a.m. So that was another thing. But um, overall, the stuff was just it was it was more of the same with him, and it it was you know fastball was like ninety to ninety three, showing a cur- good good spike curveball. Um, but he had a little trouble controlling it; he was missing a lot down in the zone with it. And then the changeup is just like a fringe average pitch it's not a very good pitch um had some flashes though um i think it's it's definitely something he's working on but yeah it's it, it, he kind of is what he is at this point in my opinion like you know what you're gonna get um but it doesn't really stand out like when you compare him with webster or de la rosa the stuff doesn't it's not even on the same level but he's you know he's got a great he's got a pitcher's frame i mean He's a grinder. He'll go out there and, uh, you know, he'll give you innings. But, yeah, it's just the stuff just doesn't blow you away. It's not doesn't stand out. Um, And, you know, obviously, this is the caveat being this is early in the season, blah, blah, blah. But this is more or less the same stuff that I've seen him at. Obviously, we've heard reports of him throwing, you know, much better fastballs in the past and everything. But we'll see if it, it ticks up as the season goes along. But right now, yeah, I think it's just more the same with him.
0: Right, so for Renato, would you say maybe you know still back of the rotation projection?
2: Yeah, based on the stuff, it's it's a ba- in my opinion it's a back end of the rotation guy. But I know there are some scouts who think he's a reliever. Um, so mm-hmm. it just it depends on a lot when, how you see him. But it's not it that's a, it. It's just he maybe he's more consistent than those other guys. But the raw stuff is not anywhere close to the same as those two.
0: mm mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to Ruby De La Rosa. Ruby, um, you and I, along with Chaz, uh, once I figured out who he was, all saw him on the 5th in his season opening start. And uh, he was great in that outing, and he had another good outing uh, in his second start on April 10th. Um, Just looking at my notes real quick before I turn it over to you. Uh, he Well, in the start we both saw he went 5 scoreless, uh, two hits, both to former interleaguers. No walks. Five strikeouts. The only inning where he even a little bit struggled was the second. It was kind of interesting. Uh, in the second inning, he got behind all four batters he faced, although he was able to get um, the three outs without giving up any runs. In the other four innings of his outing, he threw first pitch strikes to twelve of the first 13, 12 of the thirteen batters. Um, you know, thirty four thirty four of the fifty one pitches for strikes in those innings. So. I just wonder whether maybe he got away from the mechanics or something in the second inning. I don't know if you noticed anything, Ian, but he did kind of seem to lose it a little bit. But he was throwing all three pitches, the fastball, the slider, and the changeup. We had kind of a similar situation with the slider where, or maybe it was the opposite of the Webster situation, where we were wondering if he was also throwing a curveball because the velocities were varying a lot. And I'll let you get into the specifics, but turns out it was just a slider he was adding and subtracting from or perhaps getting around a little bit. Um, you were going to say something, Ian?
2: No, I was just saying, yeah, with Webster, it, he was definitely trying to throw two, two different right. distinct pitches. That, that versus, just worked. Right, yeah. so it was the
0: opposite. Um, but yeah, Dale Rosa looked really good. It, but we, were, we were saying it was the best maybe he's been since he's been in the system, but then when I went back that night and looked at some of his stat lines from last year, um, I don't know that I would say that. We've seen this out of him in the past. I mean, the I would say it's the best
2: whether... I've seen live. I yeah, it's, it's the best you've seen. But he's
0: also had, like, five-inning stints where he struck out nine. Yeah. Um, the second start, he went five and two-thirds, two hits again, um, one run, two walks, four strikeouts, um, 86 pitches, 50 for strikes. Uh, he's he's thrown strikes so far this year. Uh, what, what are you seeing out of You mentioned he looked great for... for us uh when we saw him at least what's what are you seeing out of him ian uh what in particular was different this time than, than last year when you saw him start uh, I think a little
2: bit. The, the biggest thing was just the command. He was throwing his fastball. He could locate it. Um, Everything
0: down in the zone too.
2: Yeah, and how about do you do you have the ground out to fly out from that game? I want to say it was like nine to one or something.
0: Uh, for that game, well, for the second game it was eleven to two. For the first game it was nine to one.
2: Yeah. So he's so. getting a lot
0: of ground balls right now. I'll see what we have on the site real quick, but go ahead. but
2: uh, yeah, but anyway, it's just. Last year, he was just very inconsistent with his release point. He was all over the place for some of the starts. Um, I was just looking back at my notes, and I actually I saw him against um, this Redding last year, and uh, he gave up like four home runs in four innings or something and just got bombed um because he was just grooving fastballs when they're in the zone he was also missing out of the zone consistently but in this start he just had it going um he's just locating uh he's throwing his change his change up was i think he got all his strikeouts on his change up
0: yeah in the first and, outing
2: um and yeah and it was just it was obvious it's a it's a plus offering when he has it going like that um very tough really good compliment to his fastball especially effective against lefties um because he can get he gets that nice fade that late fade action on it and kind of kind of pull the string just it falls off the table. Some of the yeah. swings against it were really bad. It moves. Um, yeah, and then uh, it moves. It the makes other it thing move. the other thing that was nice to see was uh, he held his velocity. I know in the I was just looking back in the notes and in the fifth inning um, he was still his last two pitches were 95 mile per hour fastballs and that was on not on the stadium gun that was on my gun. So that's a good sign because I know last year he was just inconsistent with his velos. I was just looking at notes. He was um... sorry. I just got to scroll down a little yeah, bit. Well, while you're while you're
0: looking, um, his ground ball to f- fly ball ratio right now is five point two five, which is better than anyone on the team, anyone in Pawtucket except for Rich Hill, who's only thrown six innings and, uh, you know, who's a major leaguer masquerading as a minor leaguer, more or less, um, or at least his fringy major leaguer. So. For yeah. a guy with ten innings, that's that's good. Yeah,
2: but yeah, uh, De La Rosa was like he was last year's velo would fluctuate in outings start off you know ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, and then excuse me, and then he would end up in the low nineties. So he kind of held his velo, which is another good sign. Um, I mean, I think it's it's encouraging. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he keeps pitching like this, you're going to leave him in the rotation. You don't move him to the bullpen, basically is what I would say because mm-hmm. the mechanics look. He looks more comfortable this year, and I think that's obviously it's this. This is the second year out from Tommy John surgery, and I'm pretty sure everyone says that everyone who's had it has always said that they're a lot more comfortable in the second year, and they're more willing to just let it fly because they're not concerned about getting injured again. So maybe this could be you know a breakout year for him. Um, yeah, reestablishing himself, come kind of what he was a couple of years ago when he was consensus top 100 prospect with the Dodgers. Um, I'd say. What was the other thing I was gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess one question I have is if he keeps doing this for like you know five or six more starts, and they need a starter in the majors, would he be the one you'd call? You think?
2: Or I mean, I guess Workman has the insight. No, nah, it'd, it'd be Workman. I think Chris, you'd probably agree with that, right?
0: Uh, I'd be inclined. I mean, it could also just be something where it lines up. It's it's where the day lines up too. That,
2: that I mean they can mm-hmm. just everyone I think in that rotation now is on the forty man once Barnes is in there, right? Are they all? Mm, yes. So.
0: Um. Once Barnes is added, so yeah, Renato is, uh, Webster and De La Rosa definitely are.
2: Workman obviously. Workman is.
0: obviously is yeah.
2: So yeah. it could just be whatever lines up. But I remember the other thing was um. Someone on the forum was wondering why they took him out after this fifth inning because I think he was only at what like seventy. pitch count. Yeah, it was, it was, it, he was, a,
0: yeah, it was pitch count. Um, I just wanted
2: to mention he was on a, they yeah. their starters. It seems like this year they've been going. Um, some of them are on seventy five pitch count. They've limits, been ramping so, them up very slow this year, and, and others are on ninety. And he was one of the guys on a seventy five pitch limit because he wasn't throwing full stints and yeah. Camp, so
0: well, that's what we you had me look at, and it was a good point was that he. In spring training, with while he was with the major league club, uh, Ruby De La Rosa did not throw more than two innings in any of the games he pitched. So he wasn't really—I I mean, I guess they were looking at him as a potential bullpen arm. Um, is really the only explanation I can think of, but um, or that's just the innings that were available to him. But they—he uh, wasn't throwing starter innings or getting ramped up until he got sent down to minor league camp. So that's why he maybe was a tick behind, you know, the Allen Websters of the world who. Uh, who were throwing starter-length innings yeah, while they like, were in Major League
2: camp. And Renato even was on the 90-pitch count limit. A- well, Renato and games. Barnes
0: were in the first cut, so they had a little bit of yeah. a head start on De La Rosa, who I don't think was, no, was he in he, that group. No, he was, still, he, was.
2: he was still in Major League camp when we were down there. Right, right. Just we saw him come back, and he was watching games and just chilling.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other pitcher I wanted to uh, ask quickly about was Drake Britton. We've all seen him so far. Um, impressions of Drake Britton, who at this point is clearly a reliever. Um, you know, there have been some internal discussions of whether they might, you know, briefly put him in the in the rotation to get work um, this year. But, uh, you know, definitely in the bullpen so far. Um, what have we seen so far out of him? Uh, Matt, did you pick up anything from him or he closed I mean, I, out the I, game you saw? Right.
1: Uh I don't I don't I mean I don't have a ton to add new on him but I think that that's the right role for him and that um he can really excel in that role and uh I you know he could be up in major in the majors now uh if if there's room in the bullpen but uh, you, you know I don't think there's any reason to put him back in or think about putting him in the rotation and uh I think that he can really uh get going in this role and I I, I I'm I'm happy that they're they're letting him just uh, let loose in the bullpen.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, ian what have you seen out of him that uh, just really quickly
2: um yeah i've actually seen him three times already this year um yeah but, i even uh, saw him too it's like yeah i've seen him yeah i've seen him i've he's basically pitched yeah three out of the five games i've been there but um the f- one thing i noticed was in the first couple of starts his fastball velocity was down a little bit compared to last year um he was like 90, 90 92 versus last year he was more like 92 94 but in his most recent outing he was back up that so kind of happens when it's cold and miserable in Pawtucket. Yeah, the e- game we saw
0: him it was freezing. Um, I used the photo of Chikini from the game where he was he had his full ninja mask going
2: Yeah, they um, love them and as a picture, you cannot wear those though nope. so nope. Uh, anyway but um, yeah, I think with him as Matt said the bullpen role is where he fits best and I think they kind of they have him working it seems like two inning stints but it seems like they have a lot of the guys in the bullpen doing that actually um, uh,
0: yes and no. Kenny um, the Jose
2: is. Tommy Lane is.
0: Well, Britain. his first outing was one and a third. His second outing was two innings. And then the, the his third and fourth were both one inning um, because he was closing the game.
2: Oh, uh, no. Through the night. Right. I, you're right. I just looked and he threw an inning, but it looked like two mm-hmm. innings because he was all over the place. But you're right. <laughs> um, well, yeah. The, game again, the following Webster, he had some issues with throwing strikes for a little bit. But... Mm-hmm yeah I mean with him, I think he's probably either him or workman if they need a bullpen arm is the guy who's gonna get called up, and so he's kind of just buying his time right now. He'll be up eventually sometime this year
0: yep yep, all right, cool um, and then I'm trying to think, oh, I guess you guys have seen run just really quick impressions cause we gotta get to the hitters of uh Dalia Hinojosa because I know that's someone our listeners have been wondering about um is he a guy is he is he gonna need some time? What do you have on Hinojosa? Anything?
2: Yeah, he's like, I mean, it's the fastball is like low nineties. Um, it's a changeup and a curve ball, uh, breaking ball, we'll call it. I think Matt, you you talked about it with him with uh, with Bull, Kevin Bowles about the his breaking ball because wasn't it? What did he Ooh. say? Do, do you remember what he said?
1: Yeah, it's just that he takes them off and puts them on. It sounded more like they want to kind of make it, make it more into a slider or hope that he can uh, tighten it more into a slider. But uh, yeah, sort of sort of in between is the words that Bowles used.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, because I remember Matt and I were talking about this um, during that first game. It was kind of like slurvy and we were trying to debate whether it was a curveball or a slider. But, uh I think with him, it seems like he's going to take some adjustment time though um I know in the last most recent outing I saw of him, he was all over the place, and I think he walked like four guys. He's not giving up hits, but the control is off right now, I would say, and yeah uh, he's
0: got seven walks and four and two thirds uh, he hasn't given up one hit,
2: yeah, so I mean the stuff is it's decent it's definitely a bullpen arm in my opinion, though he's not a very big guy, which is something i would i mean obviously I probably should have looked at. What he was, but when I, when I saw that they gave him $4 million, I kind of assumed he had more of a starter's build because I would assume that they would try to start him. But he's he's not, he's probably like six foot, six one, not overly physical. He's pretty maxed out because he's 27, 28. Year, I think he's 27 years old already. So,
1: 28. I,
2: 28, there you go. So, this is also, I would say, probably the first time he's ever pitched in cold weather. Yep. No, oh, it um, definitely is. So, I think he's someone that kind of, it's not that surprising that he's struggling with his control and. He's someone that we're going to have to check back him on as the year goes on because I think he, there might be some more Velo in there because I've seen him touch like 93, 94, but it's just not consistent at all right now. So, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move to the hitting side real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Um, the one guy that I think has stood out so far for most of us so far seeing Pawtucket at the plate is uh, garrett Cicchini. Uh, Cicchini has I admittedly, I think, cooled off a little bit uh, in his last few games to the um he's facing, yeah, lefty, he's,
2: he's facing lefties these last few games. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but
0: uh well he's he's only got seven at bats entering today against left handers. The, the last few games
2: though were I'm pretty sure. Oh for that,
0: seven uh yeah. against lefties so far this year with three strikeouts. But uh on the year he's hitting three forty four, four hundred, three seventy five with three walks to seven K's, although three of those strikeouts oh no, sorry. Uh, they're they're in the middle of playing right now, so his stats page on MLB is all screwed up. Um that said, he's got hits in all but one game, um, not counting today. I don't know if he's got a hit today or not. Uh, but, I mean, you know, he's hitting, um, but he also, I know I at least got to see him with you, Ian, saw him get some chances in the field. I wrote about it for the website. Um, but uh, the dude can hit, uh, if nothing else, and the bat's going to play. Any Anything new for you in seeing Chiquini, Ian, or, or, or Matt, anything there that you hadn't otherwise seen, or is he more or less what he is right now to you?
2: In my opinion, it's more of the same for me. Um, mm-hmm. He's hitting, getting on base, great at bats. He's all, I mean, he literally, if you turn around, turn away for the first three pitches of your bat, the odds are it's going to be a 2 1 count or a 3 0 count because he just works at bats really well and doesn't swing at bad pitches for the most part. Um, he gets, seems to really recognize his breaking pitches early, does a good job of that. Uh, the one thing is, I only one extra base hit this fall, thus far. Um, he's not driving the ball, but that's kind of as we've said that is part of what you get with him he doesn't sell out for power he's more of a contact oriented line drive approach um defensively yeah he's made some errors um the arm doesn't look as good as it has in past looks either which is kind of surprising to me well it's also
0: that. it's also his first time playing in cold weather too because he started last year in Salem
2: uh, that's a good point so
0: there's something to be said for that
2: but yeah the arm is it it was pretty it's been pretty fringy in the outings that uh it's um that I've seen him, and he's had a lot of trouble throwing on the run. Um, I think you'll read about it. Chaz actually touched on his defense, but um, and highlighted some of the uh, using some video stuff, uh, some of the good plays he's made, but also pointed out some things, some areas where his range isn't very good at the position, and his footwork um, when he's coming in is it's a little stiff and unorthodox. Um, so I think as we Farrell, John Farrell kind of touched on, he's not ready defensively in. From what I've seen, I would agree on that assessment. Um he needs more time, frankly. And mm-hmm. it I it's not one of those things that in like a couple of weeks it's gonna be much better, I don't think. I think he's gonna be that's why they send Ryan Roberts, in my opinion, is they don't anticipate him being ready until something maybe June or July. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um the thing with Chickeny is you know, even he kind of acknowledges acknowledged when I talked to him that it doesn't look pretty right now. Um but he and actually Matt commented on this. He always breaks out Hunter Pence as, yep. an, as a guy who doesn't look great when he's playing but still makes the plays and is an all star. Um Yeah, he used that
1: yeah. with me and Chris. That's the same yeah, example. He, he, oddly. He, he, yeah, I but don't know
0: what Hunter Pence ever did to him, but
2: I <laughs> um, I would say Hunter Pence at the plate is a mess. Chicken at the plate is not a mess. Chicchini at the plate is a very aesthetically pleasing thing to watch because his string is great and if you if you've ever got a chance to watch Hunter Pence hit home, I don't I get think it. I don't even think
1: he I think he used it for defense for you. That, and, I mean, and he might have been talking sense. about hitting with me, but I think he was just generally using it like this is a guy that gets stuff done even when it doesn't look pretty.
2: Yeah, so, I mean yeah. defensively Hunter Pence is kind of a spaz. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he is, I mean, watch him play defense. It's, and this is an all-star player we're talking about, but still. Yeah, exactly.
0: But anyway, with Chikini on defense, it's, it's kind of the opposite of Iglesias where it's, you know, Iglesias would make everything look really easy. And then you'd kind of have to explain like, no, that was not an easy play with Chikini. It's, it's the play gets made, but it doesn't look great. Um, you know, it's kind of the may not look pretty, but it's rock and roll type thing um, where, I mean, I, he made all the plays in the game I was at. He had three opportunities on tough-ish plays, maybe not, you know, supremely difficult plays. Like he had one that was on a chopper that he had to move to his left that I think, would you know, if, if, if a career lifetime third baseman were making the play, it would have looked a little easier maybe, but... Uh, the question isn't whether he's ever going to look great at the position. I think the question is whether he's going to be able to serviceably play it, and you don't know yet. Um, he mentioned, you know, before the game he was working with Bruce Krabby, um, who, you know, it's kind of funny. At this point you almost wonder if they made him a coach in Pawtucket so he could work on Cicchini, with Chikini on defense, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, he mentioned that before the game they were working on getting more carry on Chikini's throws, uh, which would be a mechanical thing you know, working a little bit on footwork. So, uh, you know, he's working at it. He's getting in there before the game. You know, after the game, I had to wait for him because he was getting his workout in. He's not a guy that's, you know, going to get shortchanged on the the work ethic part of it. So we're not saying there's no chance, or at least I'm not saying there's no chance he's going to be a serviceable third baseman. But, you know, when people talk about, for example, I think I saw today someone suggesting, like, oh, someday it'll be, you know, Bogarts and left with Chikini still playing the infield, and I just wanted to be like, no, no, <laughs> you know, Bogarts will not be moving to the outfield to defer to Garen Chikini anytime soon. Um, I
2: thought I thought that one was in left, Bogarts and no. Chikini. No, I saw it, that one on the board.
0: Was it? No, I think it was Bogarts and left. Oh, and I don't know. Right. I, saw, I saw
2: some I saw some on the board where someone said in yeah. left, but yeah,
0: yeah. But at any rate, um, yeah, it's it's not pretty, but. From what I've seen, he's making the plays. You might have seen some errors, in.
2: Yeah, I've seen, I think, two or three errors. And he also had one where he just – it was in warm-ups, and he just airmailed the throw, which is not even close, which is kind of interesting because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't really see – that's something you don't see very often at triple A level.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, some other guys, just of note, uh, in Pawtucket, um, Brock Holt is hitting very well right now, kind of the exact opposite of what he did last year when we were wondering if they were going to DFA him. Um, he's hitting 433, 514, 633. Um, he's got another games. double today. He's got another double today, apparently. And a walk. Um, and a walk. So that's five in the year. Um, he's hitting well. Um, not hitting well at all right now. Um, Corey Brown, who I mentioned because he kind of had looked like he had played himself into the outfield picture. Um, during spring training, he's only two for 24. Um. Mike McCoy not hitting well and basically had a spot Usurped by Justin Henry when he came back From basically paternity leave Um, Brandon Snyder Getting some time in left field To get some at-bats, deferring to Ryan LaVarnway Who was really Who I was trying to get to Uh, LaVarnway has played nine games Entering today, he has been at first base In six of them, caught twice DH'd once And uh, he's sat a game, Uh, where is he today Matt?
1: First base, and he's 2 for 4
0: so, they're serious with trying him at thir- at first base right now. Um, yep. It's it's interesting. He's only four for thirty two. Um, he's he's one twenty five, two sixty three, two fifty. So, you know, it would be nice for him to get the bat going. Does have a home run.
2: Um, anyone yeah. in
0: particular? Yeah, stick out for either of you guys I don't know if you want to expound on him or anyone else seeing or.
2: I was uh, just to say with him the it it's not looking it, it hasn't been pretty. I'll just say in the games I've the five games I've seen. Um,
0: this is Levarne way at first base? You're talking. No, about. no, no, no
2: Levarne at the plate.
0: LeVarnway at the plate. Okay. Yeah,
2: he's really struggling. Um, it seems like maybe he's turned the corner in the last couple of games, but at the beginning of the season, he was just the bat was dragging so much, and it was just it was either he was rolling over fastballs because he was trying to cheat and clear his hips early to catch up with them, or he was just carving them off to right field, and it was just not hard contact at all. Even his yeah, home and, run. The home in run in the Lehigh
0: Valley series, he was o four fourteen.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, and the home run I, I was at the game, when he hit that home run, that one was just kind of, it was just a fastball away that he carved and the wind was blowing out to right field. So it wasn't like that it was crushed or anything. He was behind it. so
0: And that you know, was, was his only hit in that game, which was the fifth game of the year. So yeah. he, was, he started the year one for uh, 18 with the one hit being a home run, um, two walks in that time. So hopefully he can get a little warmer. Get, get here, but. One other one other
2: guy, Bryce Brents, Um I know his the stat line isn't great, um, and the at bats are more of the same with him. He's just swinging at everything basically. But um, he's getting when he's making some loud outs. Like he had a ball uh, in the last the Renato. I want to say it was either. I think it was in the deal, It was in Webster. The Webster start. The second Webster start. That he just destroyed off the bat, and everyone who was in the state, everyone who was behind the plate, charting, scouting, whatever, just looked down at their notes to write something because they assumed it was a home run, and it just got knocked down at the wall by the wind. But he's doing what he does. It's, I mean, the stat line's a little uh, mis. What is it? What's the word I'm looking for here? Misleading. Misleading. Thank you. Sorry. It's been a long. Been a long day. Um, the stat line is a little misleading. Um, Let well, the
0: records show that Ian's having a long day. at... p.m.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we had a rough soccer game this morning. We don't need to go there. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, it's Brent's. He's he's doing Brent's things.
0: Another thing that I thought was interesting on Brent's, um, he started the first two games in right field. Since then, not including today, and maybe, Matt, you can supplement this, but in the next seven games, he played – he played left field in five of them, and the two games he played right field were games where Hassan was either sitting or was playing first base. Um, I don't know what the lineup is today, Matt. You have it open. I, he, I is right the, he is in right field. He is in right field. Is we're, Hassan we're, playing?
1: Uh, Hassan's in left. Brent says three strikeouts, though, and a walk. Interesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> it
0: just it was interesting to see if – I didn't know if – it seemed kind of quick For Hassan to have usurped right field from him. But, um. Brent's been an
2: adventure out there, though. He's made, like, I think, like four or five diving catches that I've seen. And he's also had two or three that have just, he's just dropped, basically. mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that same thing basically happened opening night. He had one really good throw and then he had a sick diving catch. But then he had, uh, later in the game, he, oh, I think he tried to dive for a ball and, uh, missed it and it it turned into a triple. And it should have been a single, basically.
0: Yeah, I think one of the, the game I was at, Ian, I saw him, one of the hits off of Ruby De La Rosa was uh, Brent's diving for a ball in left field and not catching it. And it, I don't think that one got played into a double or anything like that, but it was one of those where I was just like wondering if he even had a chance at it.
2: Yeah. I think I can't remember which game it was, but there was one where literally it was, just a, it was a fly – It was I think he was playing left field. He went back on it and it was under it and he just missed it. Mm-hmm. And it was just – yeah – and uh, they, that happened. Someone else, in the, I think Corey Brown might have done that too in a game I've seen. The outfield defense has been interesting in Pawtucket without Jackie Bradley. Let's just say that. Hmm. Interesting. But um, maybe when we're talking about defense, I'll quickly mention that Christian Vasquez is throwing guys out left and right. Not surprising. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's thrown out someone in every game I've seen him catch this year.
0: Really?
1: So,
2: yeah, so it's just more the same with him.
1: Goss has one off of him today
2: Ooh, a stolen so, base or a cross-stealing? St- yeah, stolen base. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, Ghost is like an eighty runner though, so
0: that's yeah. It. yeah. I'm seeing if I can get his numbers this year. Um Yeah, so well entering today it was four attempts, four caught stealing. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, it was four steals, four caught stealing for fifty percent mark, which, which is still insane. Very good. Yeah. That's still very good. Um for reference, last year in Portland it was twenty nine percent for him. So um, although that was in twenty games, he uh, threw out five guys. Allowed twelve. Wow, I did not realize that.
2: What was it in Salem last year? Forty two. <laughs>
0: that, that's that's more
2: about what he does. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I remember I was listening to him talking with Alex Spear, and uh, you could just tell he really, really likes using his arm. He really likes throwing guys out.
2: I think I told this story before that, like last year, there was a game it was bases loaded, two outs, and he tried to pick a guy off first base. It's just not something you really do. But if you love your arm, I mean, I guess why not?
1: You you could see it in the Major League games, too. He was trying to throw behind runners and stuff. So you could tell he loves to throw.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, anyway, that's Pawtucket. Unless uh, either of you guys has anyone else you wanted to mention, um, I think we can wrap this one up. We want to thank everyone for downloading. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, rate and review us on iTunes. It's a big help. We appreciate it. We do this for you for free, so if you could throw a little support our way, we would be much appreciative. Uh, and Follow us on Twitter and Facebook uh, for Ian Cundell and for Matt Heagle. I'm Chris Hatfield. Enjoy your weeks. We'll be back soon. Uh, Ian, you're going to Portland soon? You're going to Portland for a couple games. Is that what's happening? Uh,
2: next? Yes, that is the plan. Um, tomorrow being Monday, when you'll probably be listening to this, maybe. Yes. Um, or yeah, uh, I assuming be... I don't
0: delete the file or something stupid again. But yeah, Monday.
2: <laughs> assuming barring unforeseen circumstances, I should be seeing Henry Owens tomorrow night. So that's exciting. Um, interesting Ooh. to see what he's got. Lucky and you. yeah, so we'll see.
0: Excellent. All right. Well. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll be back soon with more reports from the field and uh, from the system. So make sure you read the website; lots of good stuff on news.socksprospects.com. We've had content pretty much daily, so uh, check us out there. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you. We'll talk at you soon.